You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hey, hey, buongiorno. Hola. You're buongiorno, so that must be you are in... Italia. Italia. Yeah. I'll tell you what, they have a housing problem here. In, uh, I'm back in uh, Bologna where I was for a couple of years, and it's like 150 minimum for a room in a hotel, an Airbnb. Um, their, their rent has gone through the roof because the population and the students, there's more and more students coming here. And then in Italy, just energy and everything is super expensive. So, I mean, when I first came here like three years ago, um, before I, I moved here, I visited here and it was like, uh, I was getting a nice place, like in the city center for 25 euros. Now it's like 150. No, that's, that was pre COVID too. Yeah. And COVID it was, uh, it, it was pretty cheap too. Cause like there wasn't many tourists, but I think now everything's back in full swing, but like, uh, I guess there's a ton of landlords that own big buildings in the city center and they're not renting to anyone. I believe it's because two the people are messing with it and they, they don't need to rent it. And there's just a lot of weird stuff going on here, I guess. So, you know, similar problems in, in USA, though, with the, the renters destroying places, the COVID policies, all that. Well, what are utilities usually paid for by the the owners there? Well, if you rent, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. You, the renters pay for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, good. I mean, I was just wondering if that's why they weren't renting them. I, mean, I don't know why they wouldn't try to rent them. Because I think um, during the whole thing that happened the last couple of years, no one was, I think rent was, you didn't have to pay rent, similar in the USA. Oh, oh I think okay. it messed up a lot of stuff. So a lot of the people are like, screw it. We're just going to leave these huge buildings, you know, empty and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Andy's got the spotlight on him today. Look at him. You, uh, hey, I can turn that down. We don't need to see every pore on my face. <laughs> Um, we, uh, so you guys talking about the bright uh, economic future over there in uh, wherever you are? He's in Italy uh, now. You know, You're in Italy? The su Southern Europe is in trouble. That's There's no question about that. Hmm. What What are you seeing on a street level that makes you concerned with that? Um, Italy, uh, just the people I know, what they make, you know, for their age and not like steady employment. And, you know, if you hire someone, you're going to pay uh you know 50 percent of what 100 percent of what you pay them you need to pay the government too so if you pay them 1500 euros a month you got to pay the government 1500 euros right the bureaucracy is like crazy entrepreneurship they're saying entrepreneurs have to pay like 70 percent of, of everything they make basically when the taxes are all said and done and um yeah italy and southern europe they're in big trouble because their population too is inverted they have way more older people than young people the young people leave and you know they have all these social welfare programs that are kind of right. That's what I was, I was kind of curious. So you, if you basically break it down, it's just, it's socialism and it's adjusting just like everything else. Cause you can't be a socialistic society and then also act like you're a, a capitalistic, you know, free entrepreneur pro, you know, it just, it doesn't work, you know, side by side, but it on paper, everything sounds better and everybody gets a free sucker. You know what I mean? The free suckers are good. You get one and you get one and you get one. 
Hey, do they still do? They still do those at the bank. The free uh, suckers. Does anybody even go in the bank? I think they give out a free lobster buffet just That's to get people asking. to come into banks. <laughs> hey, Kanye! Did Kanye get his uh, bank taken away? Did you hear about that? Yeah, he's getting in trouble. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I love. You know what I love though. Wasn't it wasn't it like 9700 votes in the state of Minnesota went to him for president last round? Probably. Yeah. Oh really? Yes. As a write in? Yep. No, he was That's on the it. ballot. No, he's ballot. Yeah. He was on we'll the ballot. The ballot. Oh, yes. God bless the USA. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, that's what all right. it's all about. What's happening in this market, we Andrew? Ventura, remember? Yeah. What's happened in the market? I don't know. I was having more fun talking to you guys about stuff we're not supposed to talk about. I know. I know. I know. But I think he switched us to you and I on it. So now I think we got to start working here. Oh, we got to get serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And on the bottom, it says what's happening in the market. So we got to well, figure it out. Do you, want, do you really want me to start? I think... Yeah, I, I kind of do. Nick says I talk too much. I have to let you talk because you talk so nicely. He, he talks so much. <laughs> but I'm so intense. I'm Yeah, no. So, hey, <laughs> personally, on a personal level, um, I'm actually starting to see that people are getting used to uh, the new uh, interest rate, you know, kind of environment we're in. Um, we're seeing people back out there buying houses. We're um, seeing some movement again in the existing house market. I mean, I think we've got like five listing appointments we went on this week already. So it's been really good personally, you know, so I've been, um, if I even get, you know, half of those, that's, that's better than normal this time of the year. Normally it's kind of slower. We do more of a consultative, like this time of the year, you know, this Chris, we end up going out and um, doing a lot of, Hey, these are the things I would do to get your house ready for spring. You know, let's list your house and, you know, March, April, whatever it is. And, and here's some projects you could do inside the house. Um, here's the few things you can get done on the outside of the house right now before fall uh, or before the real cold hits, you know, sure. and get people ready. Cause most people want to get through the holidays before they sell. Now that's not what I'm hearing this last week. My gosh, I've had people in the last week literally calling me and saying, Hey, let's go. We want to get listed. We want to get sold. We have an opportunity. We're moving on. Yeah. It's interesting because I think there is more stuff coming on. Uh, we're getting lots of stuff too. actually next week. I got my seventh and eighth um photo shoot yeah for them to come on the market when they want to come on the market we just had to get you know you want to get some sort of fall or or summer feel um even if you go on in the winter but i don't i haven't seen and and you start thinking about this because oh there's more listings because people are afraid but all of my people aren't afraid they're all like hey this is it's just kind of the time that we're ready to kind of get moving. And we just feel like now's the right time to go for us. And, and we're on our way. Now there is some deals out there. There's no question. Um, we've seen a couple on the lake here that, I mean, one started at a million two fifty, and then they reduced it down to nine ninety. One of a quick mm-hmm. sale. And then there's another one that was one five. That's now a million, you know, and then the well, other stuff in the market's still really good, but some people are just going now they were overpriced to begin with. Chris, that, that's a smart buyer, right? I mean, the smart buyers know that you're dating the interest rates, you marry the house, um, right? And that the times right now, probably the best I've seen in the last two years for, let's write an offer where they're paying closing costs or buying discount points, or we're getting a home inspection, or we're contingent upon the sale of our house. 
the sellers are listening. And it, it's a wonderful time to be a buyer for those reasons. Now, interest rates arguably are, are the highest they've been in a while, but they're still not historically high. They're still actually fair. Um, but what you see is, remember, that that is a situation where the rates will change. They might go up. They might go down. If they go down, refinance. And then you lower your payment, you know, especially if it's in the first five years of you owning that house. Um, it seems to be real easy to make sense when you refinance because yeah. it's spread out over the 25, 30 years that are left. So, yeah, yeah I just I think it, it is. It's it's really an interesting market because there's still there's still houses that are multiple offers. And then there's some that are, you know, getting to the bottom so they can just get out of them. And so it's really it's it's up and down. And I think people are a little confused about that. But there's buyers out um, this last weekend. I mean, we're doing oh, yeah. open houses because you're not you're not getting as many showings. You're just not, and so you're trying to find different ways to be able to get people in. And I right. call these more lifestyle type places that people maybe aren't even thinking about uh, purchasing, but they want to go see a house because it's on the golf course or it's on the lake. And so they might not go call an agent to get them in there, but they might be driving around on a Sunday and, and want to get in. And we're getting a lot of action at the open houses. And then there's some open houses we get zero people. So yeah, last a, weekend for us, all of our opens were real slow. Um, and yeah. I don't know if it was the weather or what was going on, but the weekends before were steady. But now I got the buyers coming back that are like, okay, we thought about it. We talked to a lender. I think we want to make a move on this. So I'm yeah. seeing that happening as well. So it is kind of cool though, too, to see. And I actually, you know, be coming from the, the side of the fence of where I believe in, what we do. Um, I'm seeing a lot of these, you know, uh, individuals that are coming around. They already have their agent hired. They already have their lender. They already know what their approval letter, you know, uh, the approval rate is. They know what it means when they write an offer for 550. They know what that means. They're not, you know, guessing. The buyers right now are super smart and they're super prepared. And so I think that couple months of slowdown got everybody in a position where they're like, yep, we still want to move. And what, what I'm kind of still shocked at, you know, is like, when they talk again about these rates, and I, I, I ran this report here I wanted to show you guys, and it won't probably come up very good, but this was a historical interest rate chart from Freddie Mac. You guys can go right to Freddie Mac yourself. See on the bottom there, the source? And you look at from back here in the 1970s where rates went, they went up almost a 20% by about, I think it was 1984, 83, something like that. And then now look at where they are now, guys. Come all the way over here to 2020, 2022. And they're just starting to come up to what they call the average. So when you look at interest rates, guys, we we just the problem we had is you see how aggressive that spike line is right there. That's what shocked everybody is you know how how aggressive that right there went straight up. But other than that, I mean times are good. I mean it's still a better time to buy because you can slow things down, pump the brakes a little, as I say, get the inspections done, uh, set up a second showing, bring your parents back if you want or your buddies or whatever. So I like that side of it because I think buyers are not regretting the houses they're buying today. They were the last two years. They're like, holy crap, I can't believe we bought this house. We paid 50000 over. We didn't get an inspection. Now the basement's flooded. And, and, and the buyers now aren't going through that. Yeah. I, have, I, have a meme, I have a meme for that, uh, that last thing you just said, Andy. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, we've been we've been taught. Hey, can you put that back up again, real quick? Yeah. Keep we should going. probably read it, Chris, if you can read. 
Yeah, he says, but dad, you don't understand. Everyone waves the home inspection. How was I supposed to know, supposed to know what knob and tube wiring look like? So that is that was a big thing, and we've talked about that on here before, is that I just think there's going to be some back backlash on not doing inspections and people now having homes that might need a little work that they didn't quite know about. And, you know, it's how, pretty how, easy Chris, to go how could after. you not be pissed? How could you not be pissed? If you paid, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 more than what you probably should have just to get it. And you were encouraged not to do an inspection and you were encouraged to do all these crazy, like, you know, things that I call put you in harm's way. How are you not going to be mad when something comes up? But it's not it, like you got a fair price. You got to do your home inspection. You're like, well, you know what? We missed it. Uh, you know, so, things happen. Let, let's move on. These are buyers that I think are going to be a little. Now, granted, boo-hoo, you got a great interest rate. But, I mean, I don't know. I I, I think, too, that I don't, I'm not so sure people were encouraged. We always told people that, hey, you don't, the inspection is really important. But, you know, we have lost seven straight offers because everyone else didn't do an inspection. You know, so you got to make a decision if that's a problem or not. And there's there's ways in which to protect yourself on that as well, you know, by just assuming. And I always said, I feel that inspections overall, generally, are probably two to $5,000. That's what you'll typically find. But then you have to take into the fact that what age that house is. And so now if that house is 20 years old, I mean, these are problems you're going to have. It's not a brand new house. And if you want a brand new house, you go buy it and you pay 50000 more instead. So I just think people want someone to blame. And that's what's going to happen. And they're going to come after sellers because they're going to feel like, oh, my gosh, this house I paid for, I probably paid 50000 too much. Now the one next door just sold for 20000 less. Oh, my God, I'm going to go after the seller. We make all of our buyers when they buy in those times that we said, hey, um, buyer, uh, buyer understands that the agent did recommend the following items, home inspection, you know, uh, financing appraisal, uh, no appraisal gap, blah, blah, blah. And we listed it out, you know, for them. And then we have them sign that because we know that those things can harm the consumer. That's why, you know, when you put yourself in harm's way, harm can happen. And most people didn't think that would happen. Like, that, that's where, again, and I'm, I'm going to pick on the apps for a second. When you buy an app online or you use an app online to buy a house or look at a house and you're like, make all your decisions online. Internet isn't always accurate. Photos are never manipulated, right? I mean, come on. Uh, the, the area location on the pins are always correct. They're, they're always at the perfect location. I mean, there's all these situations that you have where you come back and you go, okay, so I made all these decisions that are now life-changing for me, but I made them so they were easy. I wanted a guarantee. I wanted a whatever. And, I, and it was easy for me to do this. But now you have a $600,000 problem on your hands. You have to pay for it for 30 years and you're stuck. So the app made it easy to get stuck. I just, I, I, I wish there was an app that would help you get unstuck. Because I think there's a lot of people that are going to be stuck for a long time. Is there an unstuck real estate app that helps me make up for my mistakes? <laughs> I hey saved $1,500 with that discount realtor. You can make one. Nick's got a couple of friends that are making apps for golf stuff. They could probably help you. It's a, it's an app that when you turn it on, it just goes, ha, 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 ha. It just it points at you and laughs. There was a famous app that was, uh, it was called like I'm Rich. And it was like $50,000. And if you, it was just, a, it's just an app that says you're rich. 
So like only the crazy people would buy it, you know, and it was a plain old app that said, I'm rich. It's kind of oh it's crazy. And people well, you know, bought it. A, That's marketing. That I like it. A, I had a guy just last week talking about this inspection stuff again. And we were out looking at acreage. And, and I was telling him, I said, you know, hey, this is what we normally do. We normally do uh, soil borings here just to make sure the soils are good. We'll go down there and you want to do a percolation test, you know, make sure that the septic system is set up right. You know, because on farmland, sometimes when they're irrigated, you know, the, this farmland can be pretty compacted. And, and whatever, we're going through all these things, I go, then you also want to get a clearance from the, the city, make sure that you can get a driveway put in here. Is there any rules with permeable surfaces? And this guy's looking at me like I'm crazy. He goes, I just want to build a house. I don't want to do all this other stuff. And I said, you, okay. So when we tell you that, hey, the foundation's on black dirt and we have to go down 15 feet and it's going to cost you $60,000 more, I go, you're okay with that? Well, well. And I go, that's what happens. I mean, all we're trying to do is give you a little bit of an insurance policy so you can make educated decisions. But if you go through the process and you don't do your due diligence, nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody. No. True. Okay, speaking about blaming other people and blaming different things, I guess it's here's an ad from Andy. <laughs> no, I guess it's the real estate agent's fault that uh, people are lacking in home ownership nowadays. So the Minneapolis uh, group of realtors they apologize for uh, racial discriminatory practices. We need to do something, and it was basically about uh, uh, mm-hmm. home ownership. It was a Star Tribune article. Apologize for the role in home ownership gap. So the realtors are, are to blame for this. Do you guys know something about this? I I had read that. And um, it's from what they used to put on deeds for neighborhoods. And there was some racially discriminated um, deeds that were out there that says, you know, They're no black- segregated, yeah. like the yeah. ghetto area. Yeah, and no this was the, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's what they're apologizing for right now. That was our government, by the way, just so I want to make this clear. That was our government hiring people to do city planning. This is where we'll put these kind of people. And this is where these kind of people will live. Are you kidding me? And then We're, now it's our fault? Because because whatever. Careful who you hire. When do, you you what, do you see what that headline said? I mean, it is. It's basically blaming us as realtors for not doing that. And it's just ridiculous. And, and they've got a a focus group working on it, but they come out and make this apology, but they haven't done nothing about it. Do something. People don't talk, do something about it. I mean, if there's a, well, let me, if there's let me a, ask yeah, you a question. I, I, I hate it when people talk for groups of people. Yeah. Maybe people don't want to own houses. Maybe they, maybe they like the rental lifestyle. Maybe they don't, you know, I mean, who's to say for speaking for a whole group of anybody's, you know what I'm saying? And, it's like, I don't know. Why do, why are we apologizing for other people that did it. We were, I was even in real estate when this stuff, I wasn't even born when they started doing this stuff. I mean, yeah. God. Well, you know, when you come back to, you know, nowadays. It's the world now. You got to apologize for everything. I'm not I guess, but I, I tell you what, right now, I think there's some of the best opportunities I've ever seen for everybody, you know, and I, I really look at it, it's real simple because, you know, the banks, a lot of times when you look at, hey, this is how I qualify. This is what I make for income. This is my debt to income ratios. I don't know. I don't know how that would even be racially profiled anymore, but I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just, I just, of course, you know, the 50 year old white guy perspective, right? I don't see it. Well, of course I don't, but I mean, the, the idea there is that, you know, the, when you get into topics like this, I'd like to talk to a young you know person that they put into the, a category and say, Hey, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to own a property? You want to own multiple properties? You want to own rental properties? 
I don't see any problems with that nowadays where I don't see any reason why we couldn't take that person on any kind of journey they wanted as long as their income supported it and their debt was under control. And um, I, Hey man, sky's the limit right now for everybody. Totally. Don't care what you are. It doesn't matter. Man, woman, child, black, white, yeah. purple, whatever. I mean, we, everyone has an opportunity. I mean, it's just, yep. as long know. as you like, maybe chubby, they don't, I don't know. Guys. Not, I don't know any of it. I don't know. Chris, as long as you like chubby 50 year old guys, we're your guys. We're, we're, I shouldn't say that. You're probably thank you for 50. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. You're probably ripped. Uh, No, I'm not. This lifestyle creates a belly on everyone. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's go into our little social media reacts. But before we do that, we're gonna play a little commercial by Chris Rooney, Home Experts. I believe this is uh, one of your new listings, right? Oh, good. Yes, do it. God, I thought that was like a divorce ad. Like, are you tired of your lady and want to get a divorce and get your own house? Move, move to the lake, baby. <laughs> That's what you want to do. I think they should have fast-forwarded that song, too. Do you like drinking pina coladas? Yeah, I've been... Uh, Talk to your editor. So, Andrew, I have now been collaborating. I, I've tried and tried and tried. And now I'm collaborating with my children. Mm. And... uh they're very, they're very good. Nick actually, uh, we kind of we worked together on that, but Nick kind of put that uh, thing together for me. And then, um, but now Morgan's working with me as well. And I'm telling you, I'm stunned. These ki- these kids, they, I mean, catching on like super super fast. So it's kind of fun. That is, oh for sure. Yeah, I try to keep them out of the real estate industry, but uh, I'll take their other skills. I uh, I got I got one of mine too. My little Hannah. Remember we used to have those two little creeps yeah. go into the uh, studio and record. And you should buy a house for Mark Dad. They're great. <laughs> those yeah. are the funniest commercials. We went with both of them. We couldn't get the microphone back. They wanted to keep talking. And so nothing's changed. Uh, I got uh, some interesting ways to market here. This had a ton of views, a ton of likes. I want to hear if you think other agents should do similar things to this. Okay. Uh, weird. I don't even think she had to make the basket. I'm just saying. I don't. Was there any kind of relation to real estate at all in that, or was it just her no. chick shooting a basket? She said on her caption, "How long do you think it took to do this shot?" And then her name is real estate real estate agent something like, and it had maybe a couple of hashtags about real estate. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Sex sells, boys. That's why <laughs> we're struggling. We. <laughs> well, if it captures something, I mean, it's yeah. just like. Uh, 
you know, if you're looking at a house or you're looking at a, a lady floating on an inner tube, you know, and, and doing kind of that lifestyle thing, it just captures more people. And then ultimately they're thinking about that house or they're thinking about real estate. And then I, I would assume if they saw that video, they might click into her stuff and then it shows that she's a realtor. And maybe you want to work with her. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the whole key is to try to get your stuff seen. And I think that's what Yeah, I know. I'm just telling you, sex sells. Sex sells. Because if that was somebody that was not necessarily in the eyes of the public viewer attractive or whatever, they wouldn't be getting the clicks. Mm -hmm. Nobody would watch the whole video. They'd be like, whatever. Click, right? Spin through it, right? Hey, did we ever find out how many shots, how many times that took to get that shot? Nick? No. No, it doesn't say it in the in the comments. Okay. I heard yeah. if you rerun it and watch it, Chris, a couple hundred times, eventually it tells you. <laughs> the worst tenant that I ever had was actually in the first rental property that I ever bought. I bought that house for thirty-five thousand bucks, renovated for five thousand bucks, and it was worth fifty-five thousand dollars after. About a year into owning that first ever rental property, the tenant left and left the house a complete disaster. They actually took their feces and spread it all across the walls. Seriously, no shit. It cost close to ten thousand dollars to just clean up the property to get it rent ready again. Been there. Been there. Been there. Many times, actually. I've I've always wondered why it's the landlord's fault that the tenants can't pay the rent. I've always wondered that, but they always seem to think that it's the fault of the landlord that they can't pay the rent, and the landlord needs the money to be able to pay his mortgage, his or her mortgage payment, but it's their fault. And so why not wreck it? And then we have to spend $10,000 to fix it and then lose two or three months of rent before that. That's really, really smart. We've had uh, over the years, I, I had, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, I had a big bank out East that called me and we had a, a fourplex in Minneapolis that, um, needed to be sold. And, and they were like, make sure everybody's out of there, clean it up, make sure it's safe. And I go down there, and the first time I go down there, I see all these people going in and out of there. So I call my buddy who's a cop, and I said, hey, can you uh, can you show up with me? Just you know, flip the lights on once or whatever, and just we'll walk in together. I need to check occupancy, whatever. And here this house was basically a drug haven. And, you know, the one of the tenants had left, and they left the door unlocked. And so all of a sudden you have all these junkies that are going down there and shooting up with drugs and whatever else. And then they had nowhere to go to the bathroom. So they started going to the end of the hall and literally taking dumps in the hallway. And same thing. And there was smear and they smeared hand poop all over. It was disgusting. I, I you could smell that house. I'm not kidding you from the alley. And and I just was like, what do you do with something like this? And eventually we got to the point of where the cops are like, listen, they're gonna keep busting these locks every time because now they want to come in here. It's kind of like you know, the, the bugs that want to get back in the house, right? And he goes, you're better off just leaving this thing unlocked until you sell it and auction the damn thing. And that's that's what ended up happening. It just was an as-is auction. And um, and they got like pennies on the dollar for this place. But, I mean, what a sad situation. Hey, Nick, you should sit, tell about your experience. Did you have to go do one in uh, Minneapolis? A nice little yeah, I had, mother? I had, I had the gun on me, but, yeah, it was a bunch of – it was a drug den. Like eight of them scurried out. And it was – needles everywhere it was yep. very uh yeah eye-opening for sure but it, it let's is, uh, the carpet right. cleaner. opportunity opportunists or whatever you want to call it then in those areas they see that and they just absolutely pounce on it you know 
Nick, what are those things that they sh- sh- put them back alive? What are the shots? Uh, I forgot, but the opiate overdoses or whatever. Yeah, but they, you can you can shoot shoot them up with something. So if you overdose, you could get shot up. Narc or something. I can't remember, but yeah. remember you Narco. found a bunch of those needles and you gave them. I mean, they had a bunch of them and yep. they were actually still outside. And it's kind of like um, at least mom said that you guys went and gave them to them because you're like, they're going to die otherwise. I mean, it's just it's just sad. And these people were not horrible people. They just got caught up in the drugs and and that, of course, that was during COVID. We couldn't kick them out. Drug-free, crime-free addendum, which you're out in four days, doesn't doesn't matter. So, so yeah, it was crazy. I had a I had a client of mine that was an Uber driver, and and he would take Ubers anywhere, and and you know when it started, right? And he gets his call, and he swims down to this place, and they're like, um, the lady comes out, and this guy's laying in the front yard, and she goes, "Yeah, we need you to take him to the whatever hospital." And here's another narco pen if he needs it. He's overdosed. Yeah, that's what it and is. I'm like, you you have to be kidding me. So here's a guy. They want you to throw him into your Uber. And then, of course, you're not going to get paid because, you know, and the guy's like, what do I do? Not bring this guy and let the guy die in the front yard? So he goes, of course, I threw him in the back seat, brought him down to the ER, basically, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous, some of the stuff that happens. So when we live in our Mayberry style lifestyles and, you know, everything's nice and eating fresh donuts in the morning and then there's that happening somewhere, you know, not far from our own homes. Because they allow it to happen. Right. They allow it to happen. That's why it's happening. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Okay. So, well, do you want to move to the great state of Texas? I got a little home here. Check this thing out. Compare it to uh, Minnesota homes. Okay. Add a About eight hundred thousand up here. Yeah, add a pool in there. It's gonna look awesome. Eight hundred. I think that would be more than that. Now, yeah, it is different because it's one level. They're all one level down there versus no basement. Ours yep. have the basement, but um, I don't know, Andy. I saw. I don't know if I talked about it on here, but there's this one house that they did, and it was about thirty-eight hundred square feet, all one level. It was fantastic. Um, thirty-eight hundred square feet. Well, I'll just give an example. Um, it was in Crestview Estates and it was 1.5 million, 3,800 square feet on one floor. Damn. And, I mean, four car garage on acreage, but it was 1.5 million. And I'll tell you why. I think it was worth every penny of it too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really into that one level yeah. and no basement. And you could have like a little basement. I would want maybe a little, little dungeon where the mechanicals would go and stuff, but other than that, I'm. I would. I think it's, they're awesome. We've been, we've been looking at that for up at the lake. We want to build a place, and uh, there's we've been looking at doing the slab on grade. And then we there's there's people that come back to us and say, but the three times that you're going to have a storm that you're concerned about it in the time you live here, and you want to have a basement, so you need to build a storm room. By the time you spent the extra twelve grand to build a storm room, you might as well do a crawl space, and you know do like floor truss, but it's still you know one level living with no basement. But there's maybe a five foot or a four foot basement below it. All the utilities go down low. There's a little more bounce in the floor and you can get that same feel um, and still feel like it's, it's fairly safe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
but we're we're kind of on the fence on it too because it's like I would love to just have a, I, I jokingly say this I want to have a slab on grade so the main floor we do like a you know one of those really cool like spun kind of floors like you see those really fancy cool concrete floors and then at the end of the weekend I put my backpack blower on and blow the cabin out and we leave mm-hmm. my wife says that's not going to happen yeah it would be half hers I would. Assume. I would think her half will have carpet and like dainty flowers and that, that, that's a great idea. Would you do a house half yours, half hers and you can decorate it any way you want. Yep. You probably mine is neon and beer cans and yours is not. Since you drink so much. I'm a partier, man. You're nuts. Yeah. I've been seeing you guys post a lot on, on the social media. Um, doing the videos and you know you want to get into the reels and i've seen both of you on instagram so i have this little clip for you guys and i want to hear your evolution of, of using the social media and like before you're making fun of tiktoks but now you're seeing some pretty cool ones so this guy has something to say to you <laughs> what a time Ah, smart yep. ass. Yep. I'll look up his numbers tomorrow. <clears throat> we can make fun of them. <clears throat> I don't think we <clears throat> disagree. I don't think we disagree. I mean, obviously, all forms of, um, you know, these social media things are just to get attention back to your stuff. I mean, I think it's how people do it is what we have the thing with, you know, yeah. and how they wanted to project themselves versus... Yep. You know, we we obviously do a podcast. We did a radio show to try to show that, you know, we kind of know what we're talking about. We go on live, you know, we could get hit with a question and we can kind of respond to it where other people are kind of, you know, doing basketball shots and, um, you know, whatever. I think there's a difference between being an expert and being a narcissist. And, and I think that there's a lot of people out there that are straight up narcissists that just want to see themselves on camera and they don't care what the message is. They want to be like, quote, famous. And that's the least of my concerns in my life. I I have always been one that where I I like talking real estate. I like helping people make deals. I love the negotiating. I love the, you know what I mean? All those things that I suppose you could make into a video, but I don't know. I'm not afraid of it. And I'm not saying it's not going to work, but you know, just like the vines of a couple of years ago and whatever, I think that there's a lot of different ways to get your message out there. And they, some of them go away. Some of them are are sustainable. Um, But I do think that when people are looking for you, or they see that you have the inventory or they you listed the house up the street from them. And then they go in and they actually want to consume your content. It's very important to have content out there. Um, and it, it doesn't have to be cutesy me in a mini skirt shooting a basket over the back of the hoop. Cause nobody wants to see that. Except for maybe <laughs> well, you were. You might be surprised. <laughs> you, you wait till you see my Halloween costume this year. I can imagine. It's it's gonna be embarrassing. I uh, I I don't even want to show it, but I'm uh, got talked into this costume, guys. And I uh, give us a hint. Give us a hint. Um, the Flintstones. Oh, okay. God. Are you Fred? Dino. Uh, that is. You want me just to tell you guys? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my my buddy uh, Mike and I were our wives Lisa and Lisa. Are we're trying to figure this out. We're like, okay, what do we want to do for Halloween? And we go, oh, let's go as the, you know, the Flintstones. And I would be, you know, Fred, you could be Barney or whatever. And we could go through and Velma and, and Wilma or whatever her name is. And then they go, wait a minute. 
It'd be much funnier if the guys were the girls and the girls were the guys. So I think like my little Lisa's going as Fred and I'm going as, as the, no, I'm going as, she's going as Bam Bam and I'm going as the girl in the blue outfit. Oh my God. It, it is so embarrassing when I try. These dresses are horrible, Chris. They go around your neck and it's all like, you're like naked. And I'm like, I'd hate to be in something like that. <laughs> Oh, so you'll, you'll, uh, unfortunately, I'll probably have to show you a photo. Oh, no. Where is this oh, party? I said, and they bought me a dress. That, it's a women's 4X, and it still makes me look like I'm pregnant when I put it on. So I'm like, <laughs> this is disgusting. Uh, Andy, do you want to, uh, do you want to do your commercial live? No, go ahead. I don't, I, I'm, I, I still like making Chris do it, but that's okay. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about some, some real estate scams and uh, a popular one that came up on Reddit. It's going to be brought to you by Andy Prasky, preferred home team. Well, they said I could have 30 seconds on the show for a quick ad. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus, Andy at Prasky.com if you want to email us. Here's the thing, 22 years in the business, over 1,400 sales. I'd like to help you with your real estate needs. If that's buying, if that's selling, if that's building, whatever it is, give us a call, send us an email. Let's get you started on your real estate journey. I'd like to help you on the way. Uh, lots of experience here, and I uh, would like to put it to work for you. Andy Prasky, Remax Advantage Plus. Thanks for listening to the show. Hey, Andy, rather than... Say how many years you've been in the business. What was the interest rate when you were in the started in the business? I think it was like seven and a half. Okay. Mine was ten and a half. You were a couple years ahead of me. I was kind of on the beginning of the down um, where rates were coming down, where people could afford to spend yeah. a little more. Yeah. So. But I remember. I yeah. Okay. Oh boy, what do we got here? Uh, my stepbrother. Started dating a college student who claims to be a wealthy woman from Spain. She told them she wants to buy a house, but through him. She said she'll deposit 200000 into his account from her bank in Spain. He'll buy the house and then transfer it to her. I've explained to him the best outcome is he gets scammed out of his money. For all I know, this may even be illegal. Is this a common scam? What is the purpose here? I've never heard of it, and you're crazy to do it. How about you, Andy? I had a, um, back in the foreclosure crisis days, I had a group that approached me that said they wanted to buy multiple properties and they sent me a check for $400,000. Do you remember this? I brought it in the studio and it was from like the Arctic Wildlife Preservation Society. And they sent me this money to go ahead and just start buying properties with. And, and it was a certified cashier's check and it was, oh Yeah. It was, it was, I, I kept it somewhere. I should keep, I should pull it back out. And they were like, well, and then I couldn't get a hold of these people for a while. And then also I go, Hey, I found three properties. Let's, you know, line everything up. And they go, okay, we'll go ahead and deposit our money then. And then what we'll do is we'll have a joint account. And it's totally a scam. They were trying to, you know, come after you for about 400 grand. So, you know, we had to have some, so many dollars in funds so that it would match with their nonprofit. And I mean, oh my gosh, some of these people are pretty elaborate. Yeah. Anytime, anytime I get a weird something like that, I say, you know what, even though I'm the broker, I said that that's got to go through our broker. And then uh, once they've approved it, then we, we can get going. Then all of a sudden, mysteriously, it stops. 
It's really weird. Weird. In an effort to protect you, you have to do business this way instead of that way. Mm-hmm. When some anybody calls you and says you have to do it this way, and this is why, and it's sneaky, and it's um, because my bank account this, and you need to put it in your name. Scam all. Yeah. Run. Weren't you guys saying you got some foreign WhatsApps too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get them a lot. I get I all the time. I get the, yeah. Yeah, I just block them. Yep. It's like anything else. I mean, God, it's like it, phone numbers, everything. It's like, you know, it's getting to the point of where I, I nobody answers the phone anymore because they don't want to. You know, especially if you don't know the person calling you or you don't have them in your phone. I don't answer anymore. I, I let it go to voicemail and then I respond to it. You wouldn't believe, Andy, how many um, message requests I get on Instagram from these foreign ladies. Yeah, that's that's normal. Yeah, they say right. They uh, they target guys like us, Chris, because they're in love with us. Yeah, they're chubby chasers, and they they go after ten million at a time is what they do. It's some skinny little foreign guy trying to scam us for something. (laughs) I'm like, you only have three friends. That poor young lady. Let's. I need to help her. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm gonna send her a friend request back. I'm gonna. I'll follow you. No one follows you. I'll follow you. So you know, I and I, I may sound a little naive when I say this, and maybe some of the listeners and viewers appreciate this too. Why does somebody want to take over your account just to get to your sphere of people? Yeah. So then they'll message your friends, say, "Hey, I need some help." You know, click this link, and then they're hacked. Or okay. Yeah, they just use you to hack them because you are trustworthy. The other person, gotcha. we had someone that just got their. Leads. We had someone that just got their uh, social Facebook hacked, and they put uh, like child porn on it, and so then Facebook totally um, took it away. Yeah, I mean now you can't even get into it, and now it's like trying to get back into it, and you don't know they kicked you off Facebook, so you don't even know how to get into. I mean, it's crazy. We had uh, we this more than once this has happened where um, with uh, uh, I always forget the name of it Snapchat um, where somebody would take over their account because these kids a lot of times will have snaps going back and forth and they'll have a number of snaps for days and they you know they they protect this it's weird and so they give people their passwords well more than once I've seen where young kids passwords all of a sudden get shared to the wrong person um, and then all of a sudden they have where somebody takes over their account. And they, they don't seem to do anything with it other than shut it down. You know what I mean? And it's like, or same thing with Facebook, where they'll log into somebody's Facebook, lock the other original person out, and then they don't do anything with it. And I don't, I don't know if somebody's being vindictive and just, you know, it's a local person just trying to, you know, punish them. You know, like, like you're saying there, Chris, talking about putting on something don't, horrible that, yeah, you know, like that. that is more vindictive than it is beneficial, I would think. But yeah. I don't know. And they, and they tracked it to like Serbia. Man, it's like, what? Yeah, it's just really silly. I've seen, I've seen like and talked to people who have worked at the bot farms in like Eastern Europe and, and Russia, and it's pretty interesting. And a lot of it happens in India too. So they have whole like rooms, like thirty computers, people calling, typing, hacking. It's it's interesting. But hey, let's let's yeah. move on to the real estate, right? Okay, so this is uh, open door. This person is just as mad open door as Andy. So it's a little bit, little bit of a read, but uh, Chris, you want to read this? Oh, my. Okay, an email I received stated, uh, the price you see is the price you pay. You don't need to guess how much to bid or to figure out how to pay all cash. 
just calls to set up your contract and make the house yours. And then this person emailed some unsolicited advice, said, regarding your email, nice try. The current market is vastly different from early in the year. And the Austin metro market must be Texas. The average sale in the last 30 days closed at 95% of the original list price, while open door properties closed at an average of 81% of the original list price and a medium of 77% of the original list price. Also, the average days on market for your current active listings in the Austin area is 98 days, which is three times as long as the overall market. We had 30% fewer sales and about four times the inventory for September. Oh, wow. In other words, if you want to sell your inventory, you need to negotiate. This is advice coming from someone that has personally negotiated over 4,000 properties after over the last 20 plus years. And they replied, thank you for your advice. We offer amazing benefits with our off-market exclusive listings that buyers love. Since they are first come, first serve, the prices are simple and fixed. Have a wonderful day. That's open door talking to him. Right. I don't. I don't have a problem with what open door if they say that. We, we did. Uh, I don't either. They. We just had a stat though. We ran um, that was something like uh, in the in the cities in the North Metro anyway. They ran a stat where they were on the market longer, and then until they discount it down themselves, they don't. They won't take a lower offer. Like you can write it lower, but they won't take it. Um, but eventually once they run their, you know, formula of, okay, well, it's time to dump this place. We, we had one of our, our teammates this year actually sold a listing of theirs where they, they have a cooperative program where you sell your property and they pay you back 1%. And they paid 390,000 for a property from one of our clients. And it eventually sold for 365. It was a big loss plus fees plus whatever. So they must've lost over $50,000 on that transaction. And so I, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's changing. You know what I'm saying? I think that there's going to be, they're going to have to get smarter because they only have so much money to waste. And why would you waste money? You know, but. Right. Oh, well, I believe that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Same thing's happening up here. In open doors or open doors practice is to, you know, they were buying them expensive because they were trying to get more houses and they're trying to beat everyone else out. And then they list them based on a formula, not based on what the market was going to give. And then they just put lipstick on them. So it wasn't very good. So then the prices started going down. Then they went down and they went down and they went down. And then someone finally bought them for less. Right. So when they say they don't negotiate, that's exactly correct. They're like dealing with a, with a bank. And it was the same way with our foreclosures back in the day, we'd have like bank of America or who you name the city bank or whatever I was working for at the time. And we'd get these houses, we'd list at 600,000. And then we'd sit there and hold it on the market for three, four, five, six months. Then they'd take the listing away from us where we, they made us struggle listing it at for 600,000. They'd take it away from us and list with the next, you know, uh, real estate agent for 350 and it would sell multiple offers for cash. Mm-hmm. It's like you dopes. If you just would have listed it at a fair price to begin with, you know what I mean? It's a, but again, that's a asset manager sitting in an office that they, they follow the chart and then, well, you've added this long. We're going to move the asset over here. And, and I'm just like, if somebody would pay attention to those files for two seconds, they would save their companies hundreds of thousands of dollars a day in, in miscalculations. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a great example right there of what happens in this market, you know, in all of our markets. I've been doing it again, 32 years, which is crazy to me, but it changes and you have to react to it and how it is. And it's just, 
it is. You get people like that. You get institutions. I mean, we saw it. I mean, and it totally failed from a Zillow to an open door. They lost millions and millions of dollars on this um, guarantee program. They did it, because what it is is it's a formula, and that formula formulas don't work. <laughs> in, in my opinion, maybe. I mean, at some point they they worked. I mean, on a market that's going crazy. But you can't use a formula on things that you don't know what it looks like inside. You just can't. Well, and those people were this, too. the formula that does work is the one that's too expensive for the consumer to take advantage of it. So yeah. if they have a, a formula that's that's more sided on their side of the fence, meaning that you know they're at you know where it's profitable. So instead of offering us three ninety, they should have offered us three thirty, which is what an, uh, an investor off the street would have probably offered, and then they sold it for three sixty and, and made a fair profit on it. Um, which is 10%, which is very normal, that would be more realistic. But um, this big, like, click an app and your house goes away and, you know, the click an app and the car shows up at your house, you don't even have to test drive it. Well, of course you don't. They don't want you to know that the thing rattles and creaks and squeaks, you know, and the OR certified guys looked at it. And it's like, I don't know. Until those apps and all those things have a certified inspection done by a certified, you know, inspector that maybe is a national level of hey we did a level a inspection on this house like an appraisal or something but it's an inspection and then they still could miss stuff but i don't know well, talk about the most for profit that's corporations hi guys let's uh blindly sell homes let me pop this up here we're we're selling a home let's do it yeah sell it market it yep oh boy Good putting you guys on the spot. I went first last time. All right, let's go. All right, Andy's up first. Give him one up in the Leech Lake Reservation area. No, you can't give him any insight beforehand. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Andy, where are we going? Oh, boy. Oh, it is Blaine. Oh, he's in Blaine. That ain't fair. That, uh, that is probably my listening. So thank you for focusing on me. Um, no, these are, this is up in the lakes development, a fantastic opportunity. If you've ever wanted to be on the water without the maintenance, here's a detached townhouse that's maintained for you. You can have a dock in the back with an electric pontoon. What a fun idea. And a nice quiet ride around the lake. Very peaceful and wonderful. Um, all the amenities of the lake without the maintenance. And this house here I built was built by Gorham is what I'm guessing um because i'm from that area and i know those houses pretty well and uh, they build a beautiful home uh, all the top quality materials going to those houses which means you're going to get a long life with those materials and lots of value okay where'd chris go yeah we gotta find him oh i was gonna say i thought he chickened out and hung up well, zillow oh, took over zillow took over for me that was a that was a one minute elevator pitch andy that was pretty thank good. you that's main level living. Oh, it's great. The only thing I'm not a fan of it though, is if you look at that is I, I know they work better for the, when you pull in like um, house to house and they put this way, you can share a driveway with your neighbor. It's a more profitable way to make a driveway for a builder, but you're always basically backing up in front of your neighbor's house constantly to get in and out of there. So the guy on the, the right is backing up into the left guy's side of the driveway, almost up to his garage door, you know, to get out I, of there, but it, it's it's cute. I much, I much, much, much would have preferred 
the garage door off the front and have my own driveway. Cause it, I mean, they're trying to make it cutesy and not have garage doors all there, but that is a horrible thing. I mean, you, well, and when those were built, a lot of those were built in the high 400s, you know, six, maybe five. And so now they, they, they're very nice though. Great views of the lake. And you can see it has a four season porch off the back, you know, kind of cool. Guests can't park in your driveway though. You can have have to park on the street. Right. Yep. All right. Where's, where's Chris, where's Chris going to go? Give him a dose of his own medicine. Yeah, bring it on. Oh, weird. Elko Newmarket. <laughs> you don't sell that much down here, do you? A oh, lot. There's a lot. 30 acres, a little development. Ooh. We have some development. Elko is fast and rising. It's Lakeville Schools. Um, how close are we? I think we're right next to, if you can open that up a little, we might be right next to uh, the map. Bring the map out. We might be out next to Elko Speedway. Oh boy, let's see. Am I getting getting a map? I think it is next to Alco Speedway. So depending on what this is, uh, what this land is zoned for, you know, it's probably not it's probably not the best uh, to be able to create a housing development. But you might do townhomes in there um, because if it's if it's too close. But I don't know. It just any type of land, it just depends what kind of uh, density that you're going to get there. So, I is mean, there a creek running down between the two of them? What's that? Is that a ditch or a creek running between the the red and the blue? I don't know. It looks like the blue says it's 30 acres, so I don't know what the red. It's interesting. It's like see that below it. Maybe it's a road easement. Yeah, I'm, it I'm, well, I'm basing it on. I'm basing it just on the the blue area. So I'm thinking. I'm guessing there's. You see down on the bottom, there might be a road easement there, Chris. Nick, can you go as we're looking at it? Can you go to the left a little? There's a nope. Other way. Okay, yeah, that's. I want to see what that parking lot's for because that's. Uh, I mean, it's like that an might be commercial. Is that the city? Elko City Hall Park. Yeah, so that's that's City Hall right there. So, you might be able to get some sort of uh, retail here. There's I mean, at seven sixty, what are you mm-hmm. paying? Twenty some. Twenty-five thousand an acre. I mean, if there's if there's good density there, that's a that's a fantastic deal. Looks like a little harder um, property to um, develop because of the 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 size of it uh, and the position of it. But is it? You I think it's? Know. You think it's? A flat I need more piece info. What's that? You think it's a flat uh, flat piece of land? It looks yeah. kind of flat. Well, flat over there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so that's probably mostly usable too. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh well. So what do you, what do you think? Should you should you farm it, Chris, or should you log it and make a bunch of money on logging and get tear down money? all the trees and develop it, and make the most money you can. You you bet. That's what I say. Put a what? solar farm in there. Yeah, totally. I think yeah. I think we save all the trees and we build tree houses. <laughs> Might work. I got some exciting news, guys. Uh-oh. Uh, our most, um, one of our best viewers has finally came back and sent a, a, a message in. Uh-oh. Greg. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Have you seen Have homeowners' you... premiums going through the roof? Uh, for Isn't insurance. Isn't mortgage insurance? I must be talking homeowners about insurance. Homeowners' insurance, probably. Yeah. 
It's yeah, not, yep. it's it's not like it used to be. I'll tell you that. I mean, it is kind of crazy where where you see because I I mean I obviously have um, well I don't now. I mean I I have less properties now, but every once in a while I'll look and I'm like, whoa, what happened? What happened to the insurance? But anytime you have storms and that kind of stuff, I mean they got to get it back somehow. Yep. So, well, you you look at like uh, qualifying too, by the way. Well, you know, even like in our area, we we literally two days ago had our roof redone here, and roof and a couple of skylights, forty three thousand yeah. dollars, and I mean that's crazy. And they were in and out of here. Well, granted, there's twelve people on my roof, but they they were in and out of here in a day. They were done by five thirty, started at seven a.m. sharp, and um and I'm going, somebody's making a killing. Um, there's no way there wasn't ten grand of profit on that or more. You know what I'm saying? Or more. Way more, yeah. yeah. Well, and you think about that. Now you have a forty-three thousand, and you're paying. You know what? You know, I don't know how much you pay five, four or five grand a year, and you know premiums. And then uh, you know you have that where it takes a long time for to make up for one roof. And now imagine thousands. Or you look at like poor uh, Fort Myers, where there's all those properties that are just decimated. And you know it. It yeah these. Insurance companies are designed to not pay out premiums. That's how they make the most money. And right now there's a lot of weird weather patterns going on where I think you're going to see insurance companies changing, completely changing, you know. Wasn't the death benefits crazy now too? I mean, the death benefits, people that are dying aren't supposed to be dying. So death benefits are a lot different and they're paying out a lot. Oh, you mean life insurance? Right. Yeah, I don't, I haven't. That's everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't really looked into life insurance policies in a while. I, you know, but who knows? I, I hey. have to have. I have to have a Mandy. Got one more question. Um, why? Here we go. Why are the majority of realtors I deal with not fond of escalation clauses? I'm totally. I'm totally fine with them. If they want to do it, they can do whatever they want. It just makes it on a, on an offer presentation. It just, I I think sellers look at them as a little more disingenuous, mm-hmm. meaning that they well they they just are they're hedging their bet. You know they're willing to pay up to this, but they only pay up to this, and it's just kind of people don't like that. I mean, sellers look at it weird, and and sometimes what they'll do, I mean, they'll use your escalation clause to go to someone who didn't use it and offer it to them first. Uh, hey, I had a. It, it doesn't say that I have to have confidentiality. I mean, I my job is, is is to get my client as much as I can. And I had one two years ago. I, I still remember this because we had so many offers, and it was a property over in Brooklyn Park. A friend of ours' parents passed away, and so the house was part of an estate. And the idea was just to you know sell the property as is. And these people would come in and like you know, Chris, you and I have talked about this. So I I saw so many different styles of of negotiating hit me at the same time where the FHA buyers all came in way over because they know that they have the FHA clause to save them, which means, you know, if the house does not appraise, they do not have to perform earnest money is refunded. We can renegotiate. So always FHA buyers always come in 50,000 over because they know better. Right. All right. At least that's my opinion of that. Then we had the solid buyers that were coming in with escalation clauses where they were saying, you know, the house is listed at like two thirty. And they had escalation clauses that would say up to up to 260 and then we'll go 2000 over the highest offer you have. Well, I said, all right, my highest offer was 260. So your offer is 262. 
but their original on paper was like 240. And so I came back. So they were over even on their original price, but they put the escalation clause on top. And I said, before I upset everybody else that wrote offers, because there was about 10 of them, I said, I'm going to call that buying agent and verify that they'll sign that at the 262. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't, Chris. They go, no way. It didn't go that high. There's no way. And I sent over three offers that were higher than theirs. And I said, do you guys still want it? And they said, no. So escalation clauses, unless it's in blood, I mean, it. I'm telling you, they'll find a way to get out of it. And I, so I called just to verify because I couldn't believe they would have offered that anyway. And we ended up selling it for like 250, um, you know, same thing, cash buyer, unfortunately, because somebody got tired of watching their kid not get property after property. So mom and dad stepped up, provided the cash, and then he'll refinance it in six months. And I've always, I've always wondered what this, why the disdain so much for escalation clauses from agents where they're, I mean, they'll put it on their listing, no escalation clauses, don't do them. It's, it's like, why not? What's the, I mean, well, you don't have to accept them. Chris, this is how I do it. I mean, and everybody does do it different. But I do it this way. I say, why don't you put your best foot forward right now? Show us what you will do because of that exact situation. And maybe it doesn't happen in the high end as much, you know, when you guys, but when I'm helping like the average Joe out there selling a $250,000, $350,000 house, those people are getting escalation clauses to be clever, but I don't think they know what it means. And and then when you return it and they go, oh, uh, well, I didn't know it was going to be that high. Because it does, re- remember this, Chris, it requires me to send a counter. Right. Think about this. I'm a contract's written. I have to I have to modify the contract and send it back for a signature. So technically I have to counter their offer. I don't want to counter an offer. I want to sign an offer. Send me an offer I can sign. And that's a just completely different strategy. So but if my I, people make a decision on you, I want to sign it and I want you and everything to go in force the second. I've always signed. told anyone that has an escalation clause and that we're thinking about going with it. I said, you basically got 15 minutes to redo the whole purchase agreement, eliminate that escalation clause and give me this price. And there you, you go. Do, then it's have it signed and then I'll get my people to sign it. If not, worth, worth you know, every penny. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they don't have an app for that yet, but if they did, yeah. no, I'm just, I joke around about that. I, I'm all about technology, but I'll tell you what guys, something like that, being someone that's been in the, the trenches in the offers as a listing agent, protecting your seller. Those are the things that are very important to watch. That's where wisdom comes in guys. And that's where experience really plays into the, the game. And it doesn't, you worry about like you know commissions. Oh, but they'll do it for four point nine, and I I don't want to pay you know seven. Well, guess what? You right there could have just had thirty thousand dollars go boop out of your fingertips, and you know so it's like experience is important. I really I believe it. Yes, it is. Hundred percent. I will wrap up this show. Make sure make sure to give us a like, write us a review on Spotify, iTunes, subscribe to our YouTube, post three digestible clips each week on Facebook. So get all that information in. It's going to help you out in the future. Right, guys? That's right. And send us in any questions you have for our next week's show and have a wonderful week. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.